You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host John and Pemba and James Friday. What's going on, everybody? Happy Week 15, or uh, sad Week 15. This is the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast. I am James Grande. No, I'm not Howard Bender, but I am joined by John and Pemba, my partner in crime, as always, in the on the NBA side of things. Generally, Howard's in, but I am stepping in this week. John, fresh off your trip on your private jet back from Vegas. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Not quite the private jet, but I'll tell you this. There's something about the overnight red. I got from Las Vegas to Boston in like four hours last night. The, uh, the pilot there, I don't know if there's no speed limit on overnights or if they're just hitting the right uh, wind currents or whatever, but it was a pretty pleasant red eye flight back into Boston where I actually landed and it was warmer in Boston than it was in Vegas where I was. But uh, regardless of all that, always love going to Las Vegas. Good times all around. Stayed at the Venetian again. Love the Venetian. Love the Plaza. Uh, good hotel there. Good food as always. So a lot of good stuff there. But the one downside to being in Las Vegas where you can do pretty much anything you want except play DFS. So I wasn't able to get in any NFL, any showdown lineups for the Thursday game for NFL. I wasn't able to play any NBA or NHL or CSGO. All the things that you and I love doing, you can't do in Vegas. So I'm happy to be back. So in time, what has turned into a mess of an NFL DFS slate, this was supposed to be an 11-game main slate. It's now a nine-game main slate pending because two of the Sunday games have now been flexed to, to a Monday and a Tuesday, I think it is. Or maybe they're both moved to Tuesday and the Browns game got moved from Saturday to Monday, I think it was. So yeah, so... COVID is impacting the league pretty heavily here. So there are guys that we may not discuss that we'll find out to be available come Sunday. There may be guys that we do talk about that may be ruled out come Sunday. So just bear in mind with all of that, of course, Howard Bender does have the full uh, NFL DFS playbook coming out on Saturday. He'll have the example lineups and any updates needed on Sunday. And then, of course, myself and Andrew Cooper will be on the live stream from 11 to 12 uh, updating all of you on any of the news, including inactives there on Sunday. So if you're keyed in in DFS this week, you got to tune in. You got to stay on top of everything because with all of these COVID outbreaks, create some value, create some opportunity and places that we can target on this slate. John, I've never seen, uh, I'm just looking through uh, DK Sportsbook. I haven't seen all year long totals this low across the league. I see 47 and a half as the week high in Arizona, Detroit. What do you make of that? Is that a, you think that's due to all the outbreaks and the potential for guy, teams to be without their best players? Do you think it's a weather thing as it gets colder and maybe not as many points being scored? Like, What do you attribute such low Vegas totals to heading into week 15? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of it is. It's matchups for sure. But I think obviously those who are in or out have a lot to do with it there as well. But it's going to impact scoring and 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 the weather a little bit has to do with it there also. So. Let's jump into things, and as always, we'll go by position, and we'll start off at the quarterback position. There's a few names over $7,000. Josh Allen removed from the injury report completely today. He's a full go against Carolina and their three-headed attack at quarterback. Kyler Murray takes on the Lions. What is it? 12.5-point spread there. Aaron Rodgers gets a depleted Baltimore defense, and then we don't know— What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? He has not practiced this week. Why don't you 
break down the top tier of quarterbacks. I think as great of, of a play Kyler Murray can be against Detroit, will he be in the fourth quarter of this game to add to his fantasy point total? So I almost feel like that can be said about all three of these games, truthfully. Baltimore's got Huntley likely as their quarterback this week. Green Bay is a six and a half point road favorite here. I I like Rodgers a lot and knowing that he's going to be good to go and Adams and that against Baltimore, I think those two are in a great spot. You mentioned Kyler. Yeah, listen, again, no, no DeAndre Hopkins, but we've seen him do it without Hopkins this season with those other options there. I'm not as in on Murray because you can run on Detroit and though Connor's questionable, he's expected uh, to go. And if they do get in the red zone, like Connor's likely going to run for those scores. And Allen is very expensive. They're back home. They've lost two straight. They're, this is going to be a spot where they definitely try and probably stomp on Carolina here. No Emmanuel Sanders. They don't really run. The, they didn't run the football at all in the first half last week. Not a single running play. So the volume is going to be there for Allen. But I look at this top tier. I don't really like it. The one quarterback I did want to play was Matt Stafford, but he's gone. He's not, he's not on the slate anymore. For me, it's it's probably Rodgers is number one just from a price point standpoint. I'd probably go Allen and Kyler from ranking the top three. But after that, I kind of want to go to Dak against your yep. New York Giants. And the running game there, you can run on the Giants, but you can't really run in Dallas right now. Zeke has a knee injury that's being managed to the point where Corey Clement split carries with him last year. <laughs> oh, my God. Tony Pollard's dealing with the torn plan of fashion. We don't know if he's going to be available for this game. So you look at Dak. But then last week, Dak didn't have a good game against Washington. Like, it was a very under underwhelming performance out of him you would hope against a matchup like the giants that he should be able to take advantage of it he has a full complement of weapons there they have cd lamb and gallup and cooper and they're all healthy so prescott should be in a spot this week against the giants that he takes advantage of them so i am likely starting my looking uh, at this slate with prescott but again i really don't he's not my he's not my favorite guy i think he fits some builds because of how explosive the receivers are Right. And the injuries to the running game, that's kind of why I think that there's going to be a lot of appeal to him. But you're taking Jalen Hurts off this slate. So, like, ownership in Wilson is gone. So, if you're looking in the mid-tier, like, I think a lot of rostership is going to go to Dak Prescott. But, again, I just haven't loved it. But for me, the cover of, of the quarterback coach this week after the updates have been made is Tua. It, it's Tua at home at $5,700 against the Jets. You Even without what do you like him? With Waddle being out, like, as I know, it's still the Jets, but, like, yeah. does that concern you at all that Waddle is out? So Waddle obviously being his number one target, a lot of people are going to look to that and maybe even shy away from there. But Devontae Parker's healthy. Devontae right. Parker looked good last week. He's going to be, he was, you know, had been largely their number one target, the leading target man, even when Waddle was available, with the exception of last week, of course. And even last week, Parker came back in his first game, caught all five passes for 60 or so yards. If Waddle's gone, that just kind of you know pushes more Parker to the front here. But it also is a good matchup for Gesicki. Albert Wilson's going to be available. To- you can run on the Jets. And Gaskin was activated today from COVID IR. Right. So I do think that he's going to be part of this offense. But for price per dollar and then looking at how you can stack this Miami team this week at home against the Jets, we talk a lot about the quote-unquote Miami flu. You're telling me a New York Jets team that's waiting to play out the season down in Miami is going to be ready to go on a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock? I don't. So, yeah, for me, I I think this low tier is where I really am looking. I'm looking at Tua. I'm even giving a look at Big Ben this week against Tennessee. He hasn't been on my radar at all this year, but three of the last four games, it's actually been pretty good fantasy-wise, right? 
You look at his touchdowns in those three games. He has eight total touchdowns to just one interception. He's had no less than 19 fantasy points, 22.9, 19.3, and 28.8 DraftKings points in those three games. Yo, Pittsburgh's defense isn't good enough to keep Pittsburgh out of like shootouts, right? Like Tennessee is going to score on this Pittsburgh team. I think Big Ben at 56 is kind of worthy of a, of a dart throw play here as well. Why haven't we started calling him Old Ben? Like the clock? Like he's old. It's true. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't understand why that hasn't that switch hasn't been made. Two more names I want to throw at you, and then sure. you can you have the floor again. How, they're facing each other. Two rookies, John. One with all the prestige coming into the year, no longer with a head coach, and one with arguably the longest neck in the history of the NFL. And Davis Mills looked pretty good uh, against Seattle. 331 yards, didn't turn the ball over, and then maybe some motivation for Trevor Lawrence going up against Houston with no Urban Meyer. I, I know he's hasn't looked great, but like, do we buy into the narrative that like maybe Urban was holding him back? I'm not sure they can change much about the game plan in Week 15, but these are two bad teams with a lot to to prove, especially in terms of the quarterback play for the rest of the year. Yeah, listen, Mills actually made my playbook this week as a dart throw option because of recent performances out of him right. in, in games where he started. Last week against Seattle, he started the game like 15 for 15 or something. Right. It was absurd. I mean, everybody played Seattle defense last week in DFS. It's like, what the hell is going on? And, and people sort of maybe overlook the fact we're so you were used to these scrub quarterbacks coming out of Houston and, and all the Davis Mills was a third round pick out of Stanford this year, right? right? Like he's right. He, he may not be as bad as some of the previous guys that we've seen, given the fact where he played college football and the fact that he was a third round pick. But he was somebody that had decent scouting reports about him. And yeah, listen, they're giving him some extra run. You know, the team's still not great around him. But last couple of weeks, he's connected with Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks last week, Brevin Jordan even a little bit has started to come around for them. And it's Jacksonville. And what is... The Jacksonville to me in this week is the biggest question mark. What's going to happen with this team? Right. Uh, do, do they all do, do they all just breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> now that Urban Meyer's gone? The Wicked Witch of the West is out of Jacksonville, and, and does that allow them to open up? Do we get start? Do they start playing their best players? Right. You know, does Carlos Hyde now never leave the bench? And James Robinson is out there for ninety percent of the snaps. Does Laquan Treadwell no longer see the field? And Tavon Austin. Yeah, I think I'm right. And we get more LaVisca and more Marvin Jones and the offense runs a little bit better. Like, does that happen or is it still Jacksonville and all the issues are still in place there? Because it's only been a week to game plan. And, you know, we saw this matchup earlier this year and and Lawrence didn't look good in that game. It was his first start of his career. But, you know, exactly. They're the biggest question mark to me because I don't know what to expect. I'm probably out on Lawrence. Mills, I have minor interest, but it's a road game for them, too. So, like, it's not great. It's not great. Well, anyone else before we get out of here? I think Jimmy Grapes probably deserves his his roses. Yeah, he'll get a look against Atlanta. They're home. Eli Mitchell's been ruled out. The running game with Wilson and Hasty's nothing special. Right. You know, Debo is – they're using him as a, a running, running back. back. He's a running back and, he, right and, now. and he's scoring, which is frustrating, <laughs> right? Like, but Kittle, monster games, Ayuka game. So, yeah, I, I can see Garoppolo being in that conversation as well. So, for me, like, I really don't want to spend up. Right. But my issue with Burrow is that I don't think Denver's going to make this a shootout. They're going to grind the clock down by running the football. I don't know if Cincinnati's going to have enough time of possession. I don't know if Cincinnati's going to be able to score enough through the air to make Burrow that viable i don't like tennessee's quarterback situation they're gonna run the ball with foreman rather so it's like 
Prescott in the mid-tier. It's really Rodgers for me and, and a sprinkle of Josh Allen at the top. And then we're just playing the value guys. So right. I think that's where I'm landing here. All right, let's move on to running back because now we have all the money we need because we are spending down a quarterback. Talk to me about the top. I already know you don't like Zeke because they're not running they're not running the football, which is accurate. Uh, so here's a, here's an interesting one, and I like to sometimes pl- play this narrative up a bit, and, and I don't 100 know how much truth oh is behind it. But you and I like to create our own narratives here, so. Right. On DraftKings, if you look at Joe Mixon, you see the red seven there in the opponent rank, and that's like the average fantasy points to the running back there by the position. So you look at Denver, seven fewest points allowed to the running back per DraftKings points or something like that this year. But we know that Cincinnati does want to run the football, right? Like Joe Mixon gets a ton of carries, especially of late, 18, 19, 28, 30. Obviously, the 28 and 30 were in games that they were up big, but he still saw almost 20 carries in games that they lost, right? Right. And then you go look at the DVOA numbers, and Denver's 25th against the run in DVOA. So I wonder if people see the red seven and they go, oh, you can't play Joe Mixon this week, bad matchup. DVOA would tell you otherwise. And the fact that the Bengals want to run the football here kind of speak a little bit of volumes here as well. So I like Joe Mixon a lot this week, and he could be contrarian. He's probably going to be in my contrarian corner video come Sunday as well, because I don't think people are going to be looking to spend there on him, especially because there are some value guys this week. But James, <laughs> look at the running back tier on draft. It's an it's literally a nightmare. It, it is, is a, a nightmare. nightmare. Look like, like from Swift down, you have out questionable in Javante, out on Gibson because it got moved, questionable on Melvin Gordon, out on Henderson because it got moved, questionable on Pollard because of the torn plan of fascia. Out on Tony Michelle because it got moved. Out on Miles Sanders because it got moved. So, like, from, like, 6,500 to 5,700, <laughs> there's, like, a bunch of guys you're not touching. I think Gaskins is going to be popular this week against the for sure. You're not going to play Chuba against Buffalo. I could see Dylan against Baltimore, but he's not getting the passing game work with Jones back. He's going to get the carries there. So James you need- James Robinson, 5,400. Robinson at 5,400, I think, will get the narrative play. Mm-hmm. The fact that the coach is gone. I've heard but, Howard I've heard Howard on a couple of places already this week pumping the James Robinson yeah. narrative now that Irvin's been fired, so I, I believe it. Yep. We haven't seen this price tag in a, in a while. No. Don DeForman against Pittsburgh. Everybody who yep. poo-pooed Foreman, like, he was the running back to own last week. Mm-hmm. Again, he didn't do... He wasn't great, but they didn't need him to be because they were up 20 to nothing. He 13 for 47. He found the end zone. Like, he's going to give you more to that against a Pittsburgh team that you can run against. Maybe you go James Conner for the touchdown upside, but you're not playing Will, Mike Davis. You're not playing Jeff Wilson. You're not playing Tevin Coleman. Maybe you're going to play Michael Carter. Michael Carter's, Michael Carter's returning. Yep. Yep. He's $4,700 against Miami. But Zach Wilson doesn't throw to the running back, generally. Ty Johnson had seven targets last Yeah, seven targets, right. But previously, he hadn't been checking down to the running back at all. So maybe that's something that will change this week. There are reports that the Jets just want to feed, that they want to feed Michael Carter this week. So that's certainly, I think, good news for him. But after that, again, like, where do you want to go? You don't want to, do you want to play David Johnson against Jacksonville? Like, not really. You know, but Burkhead might not play. There's not a lot here add the value tier either that you want to look at. So it's like cheap running backs is probably where a lot of people are going. Right. So you can spend up for quarterback. You can play cheap running backs. You can spend down at quarterback, play cheap running back. 
And then you spend up at wide receiver. You play Devontae Adams. You play Stefan Diggs, right? Like right. you play Deontay Johnson. Like there's a lot of room to spend up at receiver this week. And I, I think that's where we should be looking. I think you're going to want to spend up at receiver, play some of the value guys at the running back. And, and, and I like the quarterback position, but you play a $5,600 Big Ben and a $7,500 Deontay Johnson, right? Like you, yep. you pay, you, you spend down and then you, for a, a Garoppolo, again, we know Samuel isn't being used as a running wide receiver, but running back wise, he's sort of been there for you. You can probably go uh, in that direction. In the mid tier, you have CD Lamb with Dak Prescott, right? So like th- that grouping is, is certainly available to you if you wanted to go that route. Ayuk is 63 if you'd rather go there instead of Debo as a pass catching option against Atlanta. So I, I think going at the top at the wide receiver spot is where you're going to look to see a lot of people and then playing George Kittle, right? Right. right. Is, is where, 100%. is where you're going to look at for tight end. So there are value receivers that I do like this week. I do think uh, in the mid tier, you can play Brandon cooks for sure. Gallup, Andrew Cooper brought this out on the fantasy alarm, fantasy football podcast for seasonal. But last week Dallas flipped the roles of lamb and, uh, Gallup, where Gallup actually stays on the field in two wide receiver sets, and Lamb was coming off the field in two wide receiver slets, sets, and therefore Gallup played more snaps. He ran more routes than C.D. Lamb did last week, and they kept Gallup on the outside. $5,500, I think there's a lot of appeal there. No DeAndre Hopkins. You can decide between Kirk and Green. For Detroit, there's no Hawkinson. Any Armand St. Brown has 24 targets and 18 catches over the last two weeks. Yeah. Not a great matchup against Arizona, but they're going to have to throw the football to somebody. And Brown right now is sort of that guy. You can play the Jets guys like Crowder, like we talked about. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, I, I like a lot of Devontae Parker at 4,300. What if, I want to ask you about another Arizona receiver because uh, I was doing the volume report this week. And from weeks 9 to 11, John, those were the weeks prior to this latest injury for Hopkins. He missed week 9 through 11. Rondell Moore led them in the led the receiving core in targets. Yes, he had 11 in one game, obviously made up for made a big That's chunk of it. But any thoughts to playing more at 4,400? Yeah, kind of a dart throw for sure. But, you know, the thing there is he should be on the field more. So I'll give him that. But he's it's there. He's still, I would have liked it better if like Zach Ertz didn't exist. Where sure. if we were looking at Arizona before Ertz and, and Hawkins is out, it's like, all right, well, who's on the field now? It's Kirk, it's Green, it's Moore. Those are going to be your target guys. But now that Ertz is there, like I feel like that just gives another guy for, for Kyler to throw the football to. So in a dark throw, yeah, I'm in on more. I think there's a uh, big play potential there. But three catches for five yards last right. week, right. one catch for eight the week before that. Like It's definitely more risky than I think than maybe necessary. But if you're game stacking, Kyler, and you want to go more with an Ertz or more with a green, like I could see that being a play. So, yep, I'm with you there. Again, I, I like the potential for the Jacksonville receivers with Marvin Jones, with with LaVisca, I think, being a potential bounce back spot here for them. Again, Jones is 46, LaVisca is 43. A guy that I've been touting a lot, actually, going into this week had been Laquan Treadwell. But now I don't know what's going to happen right. with the change, right? So Because right. he was playing a lot of snaps since the Agnew injury. So something to watch there, I think. And of course... We know Diggs is a top guy, but no Emmanuel Sanders. Gabriel Davis touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Yep. Cole Beasley, a big target share. 
Yeah, Cole Beasley has the, I think, the same amount of double-digit target games as uh, Stephon Diggs this year, which, but the other game's irrelevant. But, so after George Kittle, John, and fun fact, George Kittle has played in 10 games this year, already has his career-high touchdowns this year, six. That is a career high for George Kittle in just 10 games. Previous high was five. Well, he never Um, had a multi-touchdown game until two weeks ago. (laughs) It's just... How does someone this good is not targeted in the red zone, right? Something obviously going on there. The former tight end one for one week, Mark Andrews. Are we go? That could be a bring back in an Aaron Rodgers stack. Kyle Pitts is fifty five hundred. Ertz is added to the injury report officially. Quite John. Yeah. John. Yeah. Rondell. We're back. Talk to me about this tier. We don't need to mention Kittle. He's the top tight end. Spend. Yeah. He's going to be chalky in cash. He's going to be chalky in tournaments. Talk to me about the rest of this upper echelon of tight ends. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that even with Jackson out, Andrew's still got a ridiculous amount of targets. It's not a great matchup for him. Green Bay actually does have a pretty, has had pretty decent success defending the tight ends this year. But I think for sure, if you're looking for a top spend up pivot off of Kittle, Andrews fits the bill. But truthfully, again, I think we're looking more mid tier here. I think Knox, again, with no Sanders. Against Carolina, this is a guy that has a big red zone target, and the available available looks could go his way with Sanders out. Gesicki against the Jets. We know the Jets are terrible against tight ends. 11 targets for Mike Gesicki last week. No Waddle now. Like, I I am finding it difficult not to do that. And I, I don't really love three-man stacking a passing attack. You can but only one of them can score. You're really just trying to cover your bases here at a time. But Gesicki at 5K, Parker at 43, and... Tua at 57 against the Jets. Like, that's you the Jets. The Jets didn't else. even know Dallas Goddard was like on the field the other day. Like, they couldn't <laughs> find him. They didn't know where he was. And he, he torched them. So, like, I feel like Yasiki is just in for a big day. So he's probably my tight end one this week after Kittle. I'm happy you finished there with after Kittle because, like, yeah. Okay. Any, like, darty, like, again, I think O'Shaughnessy is probably still in play considering they can't really change the offense. Well, that's uh, my considering question. It's week 15. Right? My question is, if Urban Meyer's offense was centered around using a tight end as their big slot, basically, like, does that change, right? Like, O'Shaughnessy's skill set was never this, right? right? Like, he was never supposed to be this, like, split-out pass catcher. Dan Arnold was that guy. I can see if Dan Arnold was still available. But, like, what if they decide to put Shaughnessy's hand on the ground more? And have him blocked for Robinson, right? Or like they put LaVisca now more in the slot and he has the better matchups, not the tight end. Like, I'm a little worried about Shaughnessy here. Plus, he's not 2,700 anymore, right? He's 32 is still cheap, but he's not as cheap as he was. So I worry there. My value tight end, and he's questionable, so we'll have to wait and see, is Brevin Jordan. And this is more so a little bit of a narrative on the quarterback play. In week 14, Davis Mills was the quarterback. He had four catches and seven targets. In a score in week 12 with against the Jets, Mills was the quarterback. He had three catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. In week 13, he actually had nothing until Tyrod was taken out of that game. And then he had two catches for seven yards, four targets. All three of those four came from Davis Mills. So, hmm. like, Mills may be looking Brevin Jordan when he is as, as the quarterback. So, 2,800 if he's active, again, super darty, but I have like some mild interest there. Okay. Okay. I can get behind it. Give me your, give me your top like couple defenses. Cause like, 
I think everyone's going to look at Arizona. They've been yeah. a turnover machine. Arizona, um, I like the Cowboys. The Cowboys are obvious. State Is Mike Lennon and Jake from State Farm going to throw at Trevon? Good I luck. Think, I think Buffalo is in for a big bounce back. Buffalo, yep. They were, they're my favorite type. They're my, Carolina has could literally have three quarterbacks, Sean. They could play. He fumbled the football the other day, tripping over his own feet. And Walker, then they put Walker in, and he like immediately threw it. Now, and we know what Dan, interception is. Donald's middle—that's his middle name. So like, right. right. So I think, uh, do we even have a weather report for Buffalo? You want to do a quick Google search there, Buffalo uh, weather this Sunday? Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll pull it up. It temps are freezing. Nothing. Nothing. No Good. wind. Nothing. Well, that's what I want. I want them to be able to throw the football. <laughs> like, I, I don't want a New England situation where we can't get turnovers because they're not throwing. I think Buffalo is in a great bounce back spot. They've lost two straight. They're hurting. They're looking for anything they can do. They're back home now. I think Carolina is in a world of hurt. So if you're not spending up, I think Buffalo at 3,100. The 49ers are always tricky because I've played them and they've killed me. And like Colt McCoy tore them apart against Arizona. When they right. played. But they've been on a really good run of late, getting turnovers, sacking the quarterback. Atlanta is not very good. The same price point there. Uh, as Buffalo, so if you're looking to pivot, that's certainly an option. And then, like, I don't know, would you play a home Jacksonville team or would you play Houston <laughs> on the road? I mean, <laughs> right? Like, it's not – is it great? No, but they're both under 3K. And at times this year, they've been able to put up decent fantasy points. So, I don't know. Like, it, it's weird to say that these teams put up 58 combined the first in week one. But, you know, some of that was garbage time by Jacksonville. I'm just I'm just kind of like floating out there. If you had any, again, Urban Meyer's gone. Maybe they'll play harder. I don't know. They're bad offenses, so like there's always a chance. Bad off bad offenses. The Colts just shot, and the Colts defense is very good. But like this Texas team has 13 points in two weeks, right? And even with Davis Mills throwing 330 yards, so right. Um, sure. The Texans defense was actually a, a streamer of mine multiple weeks ago. I'd probably be more prone to that route because we saw Lawrence throw four picks but like for 300 I, I'm going to find $300 to get to the Bills ultimately yeah I think that's fine maybe Broncos would be a, would be a contrarian play Joe Burrow gets sacked a ton he does he's uh, he throws a pick a game he's not safe with the ball right right so maybe you go Denver at home at 2900 as well so I like that's, that that's my defense uh, did you did, do we have let's hear do we did we build a line John we have a line yeah yeah I have one too so let's hear yours all right, so I got Tua. I think that was probably an obvious yep. one. Yeah, you were definitely going with the Dolphins stack over Yeah, so we do have Tua. Then we have Joe Mixon at 72. We have Donta Foreman at 5,200. We have Devontae Adams, 8,900. I have Cole Beasley at 49. I have Devontae Parker at 43. I have Mike Gesicki at tight end here, so I am doubling up on, the, on my Miami Dolphins play there. Say if, if you wanted to go that route. I do have, uh, making a late swap because you kind of convinced me a little bit here. Uh, I went from Gallup. I'm now going with James Robinson as my 5,400, and I do have the Bills defense at 31. But Tua, Mixon, Foreman, Adams, Beasley, Parker, Gesicki, Robinson, Buffalo. So I think, like, I, I, I guess I would love to pick your brain about why you don't like to double sack. And I, I get what you said, like, you only one person can score the touchdown, but like we're stacking guys and teams 
that we think are going to score multiple touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? Not just one. Like you're playing a quarterback with the intentions of he's throwing. But you, but three you scores. want so so you play the quarterback. He's in the touchdowns anyways. But you want those touchdowns to go to your one receiver, right? It and and you said it, but it's way like it's. But that's how you. That's how you're banking GPPs most of the time, right? You and when I say like like winning a GPP, right? Like. I want right. to play Mike Gesicki at 5K. I want touchdowns to go to Mike Gesicki. Right. So the receiver that I'm using instead of Devontae Parker can also score a touchdown, right? Because if Gesicki's scoring, Parker's not scoring a touchdown. Is how you touchdowns are how you win, right? So right. you know, in, in these situations, maybe you play an Elijah, not Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore instead of Devontae Parker, and now when Kyler's throwing touchdowns, Moore can catch it. Right. Well, two was throwing a touchdown to Gesicki, and now you have two touchdowns there, right? Like, Parker can't score at the same time. Now, if you're expecting this to be like a shootout, you know, Tampa Bay versus Kansas City, and they're going to throw 50 times, and like, yeah, there's a chance where, or Tampa Bay is a good example because Mike Evans can go seven for uh, 90 and two scores, and Godwin can go 15 for 130, right? (laughs) Like, that's the difference where like they're making their nut no matter what because they're just a high volume passing offense. I'm not expecting this to be a shootout where two is throwing a ton. Um, but to your point, like there's a lot of lower game totals here. There is no waddle. So there's certainly a chance to where Parker or Gesicki can go out there, each get eight to nine targets and, and find their value in that direction. We're also talking about a price point that I think is easier where Parker right. 4,300 is fine. You're not spending up on two big to right. guys like you are with an Evans and a Godwin. You're really hoping to hit. But I generally don't like to play both, right? Like, if you're playing Russell Wilson with Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf, you're losing every week, yeah, right? Like, yes. you know, so like, and how many times did, and it would have, I guess, been a beneficial when we talk about it, but like, how many times have I played Brady with like Evans and Godwin's going <laughs> off? Or I played Godwin with Brady and Evans is if you play them both again, like it, that's a different offense than my, it doesn't necessarily hurt you per se, right. but for the most part with some of these sort of intermediate teams, like playing multiple guys is generally a low value. It feels like in my eyes, because you're trying to maximize touchdown in a high scoring game. Yeah. Maybe it makes sense because you're trying to get that touchdown, but in a game where it has a 42 game total and there's only going to be, like you said, two, maybe three touchdowns scored. You're hopeful right. that it goes to one of those instead of the other. So that, that's how I look at it. it. It just it spreads it a little bit thin there. I think it. you definitely brought up a good point, and we, we can move on after this, and I'll give you my terrible line, and then we'll end there. But I think the point that you made was it's very offense-dependent because you brought up the perfect situation with Tampa, and you could literally plug in Godwin and Gronk in the last three weeks with Brady, and you were having a day. Right. Every single week, it's like they're going off. But someone like Miami or someone like Denver or, or non high octane offense is definitely a low, a lower probability of you popping off. Definitely. Right. So I definitely agree there. My lineup, I went with Jimmy Grapes going up against Atlanta. And I am a double stack guy. I do double stack and I do correlate as well. So I went Garoppolo. My running backs are Michael Carter with the expectation that he is going to get a workload. I do like the fact that the running backs have been a little more involved in the passing game with Zach Wilson. I believe two weeks ago, Tevin Coleman had, he's also had, he had four targets. So like maybe there is a little maturity 
with Zach Wilson that he's dumping the ball down a little more. I went CPAT here at the running back spot. That is my correlate, my correlation coming back. Patterson averaging 18 fantasy points. He's going to be heavily involved no matter where he lines up. I did also go Devontae Parker. That's my correlation with Michael Carter. I went Ayuk as my wide receiver one. No Debo. You'll, you will not hear Debo here. I went Rondell Moore. Got to stay on brand there. Kittle. And then a running back we didn't talk about, but you mentioned Huntley is going to play quarterback. So I think we can all expect Green Bay to be ahead most of this game. So I went Aaron Aaron Jones in my flex here with the Bills defense. So you think Aaron Jones is going to be the guy to close out that game? I think that we're going to see heavy dose of Aaron Jones early to get him to the point that Green Bay is able to cover that seven-point spread. So I do agree that A.J. Dillon is likely going to be the guy on the field at the end. But if this also is a close competitive game, I don't think Aaron Jones is going— Like, if, if this is a one-score game, Aaron Jones isn't— is Aaron Jones, and I know they have been using them both. No injury designation going into this game. I, I like that fact. I'm going to go Aaron Jones as a tournament dart. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. And that wraps it up, Grande. Thanks for filling in for Howard. I'm sure he certainly appreciates it. He's a hardworking man, and he'll have the playbook ready for everybody. He'll have two. He'll have a showdown slate because we actually have mm-hmm. a— Patriots Colts game, a big Sunday Saturday feature there. Uh, so he'll have that, but he'll also have the playbook and dartboard available. Sunday he'll have the example lineups, and as I said earlier, uh, Coop and I will be on the live stream from 11 to 12, getting you up till the inactives are out and updating you guys, answering your start sick questions, which you can get into on the Discord there for our premium subscribers. Uh, you can go ahead and take advantage of our holiday sale right now at slash Get all access for a year through 2023. On all sports that we offer, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, should we have a season? I assume we will. PGA, (laughs) MMA, eSports, you name it, we cover it. Get all access there. And we also have our discounted rest of season NFL package available. 75% off that as well. You can find that out at checkout. James, any final thoughts for No, um, obviously, just stay hip to the news. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to be the first person to say that. I'm not going to be the last person to say that. There's going to be a lot going on leading into Sunday, just the way with sports world, the way the world is trending and, and the way that COVID is hitting everything right now. Just pay attention to the news because guys you may have liked uh, Friday, guys you may have liked Saturday, uh, guys you like Sunday morning may not be there. So just pay attention to everything going on in the news cycle and we'll adjust on the fly and, and have all that updated content for you as it breaks. Amen to that. So, all right, guys. James and I will catch you all later.